I want you to not open your Bibles. Uh-huh. Unless you believe that there's a verse in there that says, unless I open my Bible at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning to go along with the preacher, I'll go to hell. Okay. If you think that verse is in there, you go ahead and open your Bible. We're going to do something a little bit different in our scripture reading this morning. We're just going to kind of experience it together. It's a lot of scripture. You might want to write them down. Uh, because we're talking about the last part of Romans chapter 8 on the love of God. And um, I, I just want to read, I don't know, it might be 30, 40 verses of, of Scripture about the love of God, if you don't mind. Um, um, after I preach about something else for a minute. Um, I, um, we're having prayer tonight. And um, I know something is going on in this church. But... Over the last months, I have been very agitated, um, not with you, um, but with me. Um, and the agitation is, is that for about the last 20 years, actually since I was about 10 years old, I've been very uncomfortable with, with what the church is uh, and what the church has become. In fact, I personally believe that Satan himself has structured the church because the church, not, not that you're not Christians, but what we do uh, does not make great disciples of Jesus Christ who make great disciples of Jesus Christ. What has happened is we've made it a place where we gather a group of people. And as long as there's a few people there and enough money to keep the doors open, we're good. I want you to understand something. That has nothing to do with Christianity. That has nothing to do with... Um, you, know, you go to district assembly. If the DS was here, I'd say the same thing. I hate district assembly. He says he's going to make it different. We'll see. Okay? But because all they do is sit there and how many did you have on Sunday? I loved, at, we were at a, at a, a, a retreat last week. And this, somebody asked this man, what, what are you running on Sunday? And he said, 2,000, but we only caught 200. But um, I thought that was cute. That was a preacher joke, but that you're supposed to laugh right there. All right? But it has nothing to do with it, guys. Here's, here's the key. Go make disciples. Go. Go. It does not parenthetically say, y'all come now here. We have good music and the preacher's good. It does not say that. Okay? And I know I'm running a risk of running every person in this, in this building out of here over the next month. I don't care. I love you enough not to care. One of these days, you're going to go before the Father, and you're, he's going to say, how's things going spiritually? And you're going to say, well, I went to church. And he's going to say, so does the devil. How's things going spiritually? Okay? Every church I've ever interviewed for, uh, since in the last 900 years, has all said the same thing. We want to be an outreach church. We want to, we want to make disciples. We want to, no they don't. No you don't. Because that takes you out of your little cocoon comfort zone called church. And says you've got to take the gospel out to a lost and hurting world that is going to react in a way you don't, you're not comfortable with. Man, we don't even like people to come in here that we are not comfortable with. Somebody say amen. Okay, because then we get dirty. 
you know, sometimes people come in there and they're kind of a mess. Well, what do you think was going to come in here? 50-year Nazarenes, they're even more of a mess. But the bottom line is, 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 guys, if we don't start going, making disciples, and boy, when we get to that disciple part, we're all going to be blown away. You've got to understand, because we have not, we're still milk drinkers predominantly. Okay? And if, if I don't make some meat and tater people, God's going to be mad at me. Okay? Meat and tater people don't get their little feelings hurt and run away from the church. Meat and tater people aren't sitting around taking their paws, wondering what the music's going to be like. Meat, uh, you know, milk people do that trash. You know, we, you want to become a meat and tater Christian. Okay? You don't want to be one of these people that runs around taking their feeling, oh, am I a Christian? Does Jesus love me? All that kind of stuff. Yes, he does. Lay it all down. Get your act together. Let's go. Okay? We're going to start with go. Not today. Tonight. We're going to start praying about go. Because let me tell you something. We ain't going. We talk about going. All churches talk about, oh, God, got to go out here. And so what they do is shortcuts. Well, we're going to knock on doors. What the heck? Where did Jesus knock on doors? How y'all are going to go to church? No, Jesus didn't do that stuff. Jesus went out and went to work and loved the idiots. Amen? Jesus went out, walked across the road, and loved some woman, got caught in adultery. Protected her. Right? Isn't that right? Huh? You know, Jesus and, and, and Jesus looked at folks when he knew they were ready and said, you need to get your act together. You need to get saved. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Let me teach you how. Not just you need to give your life to Jesus. But he was ready and said, and let me teach you how. I said, there's only two of you said amen. You see, guys, you have to understand. What's happened in the church is we talk about stuff. Amen? We talk about stuff, but we don't do it. Anybody got neighbors and family and friends, you know, that you know. You really know. They're under the domination of Satan. You know it. And if they were to die today, and they could, they would burn in hell for eternity. Well, we don't like to talk about that stuff. Well, we need to get real. Amen? Amen. And the thing is, is that it does not start with talking. It does not start with you being perfect. It starts with you on your knees for them. Sensitive to, okay, God, how? Because I don't know how. And let me tell you something. Once you get your act together with one person, here's the problem with this ministry stuff. you got to change the course for the next person because they're different and have had different experiences. And you need the Holy Spirit to teach you how to connect with that person. And connect with that person. And connect with that person. And let me tell you, if you call yourself a Christian, you're supposed to be doing this. You say, well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid too. Because it's not something we have actually been doing. Are you with me? 
You understand what I'm saying? You know, it's time to quit talking. Churches drive me crazy. Talkers drive me crazy. Okay? Talker, talking does nothing. And I really believe this. That people talk and somehow they make themselves believe they're doing it because they're talking about it. We, you can even pray about it. But are you serious? God knows and you know whether you're serious. Amen? You know whether you're serious about really connecting with that neighbor about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, he knows. And you know. And kids, let me help you with something. We're supposed to be doing that. Amen? Amen. And over the next months, years, whatever it takes, we're going to learn to do it. And some will leave because they're going to say, well, no, I just like that where we attend thing. Okay. When you go to heaven, you go to the pearlies, you go to the judgment thing, and you tell God, I didn't want to do that go make disciple thing that that crazy preacher talked about. I just want to do that attender thing. Okay? But that's not what Jesus called us to, is it? And guys, if we don't start doing it, you think these kids are going to start doing it? What if we started doing it? They started seeing the glory of connecting with people, seeing people saved, seeing people sanctified, seeing people become great and mighty disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. These kids would say, I want a piece of that. Too many of our kids grow up and say, why would I want that? You know? You know, I mean, it's great that we don't have a bunch of fussing and fighting and ugliness and all that kind of stuff. Because it just doesn't belong and there's too much of that trash that goes on in God's house. Amen? But the bottom line is we have not started the disciple thing. Okay? And I'm not mad. And I'm not mean. And I'm not yelling at you yet. You know, I'm just saying we're going to start praying. And we're going to start studying. And we're going to start praying. And we're going to start studying until at least the going thing starts to go. Well, I need to perfectly understand what to do when I get there. Good luck with that one. Okay? But God has a plan. He didn't say go make disciples on your own. He said, by my authority and power, go make disciples. And so tonight, we're going to start with go. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about go. And we'll talk about go until we go. You're going to say, I wish this man would stop talking about go. Well, then go. (laughs) Amen? And I know it's, I'm, it's impossible. You've got to understand. I'm good with that. I understand. It's impossible. Nobody has no fear about talking to their workmates about Jesus Christ. Everybody has fear. If nothing else, Satan's in your head going, he's going to think you're a kook. You know, and the other thing today, oh, you're going to get fired. No, you're not. That is the devil. Right? So the bottom line is tonight we start with go. And we're going to pray. And we're going to preach. And we're going to talk. We're going to pray, we're going to preach, we're going to talk, we're going to pray, we're going to preach, we're going to talk until we go properly, biblically, in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Okay? All right? So, we've been in Romans 8, heading toward Romans 9. Not sure when we'll get to Romans 9, but um, probably not for a while. But it's, it's been good. It's been powerful, you know. Um, Russ came and said he realized he put Romans 8 on the front of his, his kids' thing for Festival of Life. He said, oh, my goodness, that preacher has gotten into my head. <laughs> and to that I said, about stinking time. 
right? Um, But I want to talk about something I'm not good at. And that is truly believing, knowing, trusting that God Almighty actually loves me. Okay? I don't know whether it was church. I don't know whether it was me. I don't know whether it was my personality. But I don't know. Have you ever had the feeling you had to do something before God was actually going to love you? Anybody else? And when you're bad. Anybody ever been bad? All of y'all holy people look at me like, not me. <laughs> Lying little dogs. Um, but the bottom line is, we feel like, and I've heard parents say this, Jesus doesn't love people who don't obey their parents. I'm like, goodness gracious, you know. It, it's just not true. Jesus loves you no matter what. You're interfering in how he can actually inculcate himself and integrate himself in your life. But he still loves you. He always has. And he always will. And we need to allow God, are you with me? To establish us in that love. And I mean, I'm going to read a lot of scripture. And I'm going to pray that I don't have to interject in the middle. Because if you know me, I like to preach about everything. But I just want you to experience this. I want you to think it through. I want you to be, have an open mind and heart and say, God, show me how much you love me. Show me how much you care about me. Show me how much and what that love means. And help me to learn to live in that love because... You have to understand something. Agape, love, is something I don't even begin to understand. Because we don't actually experience that in this world. We're used to everybody loving us as long as we do what they want. Amen? You know. And it's just just a a very, very uh, difficult um, scenario. What then, shall we say, in response to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? And he's only for us because he loves us. Then because we're cute. He did not spare his own son. Now think about this kind of love. But gave him up for us all. How, I love this, I love this part. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? I'll read the last part, y'all say amen. Graciously give us all things. Let me just tell you right now what God has been saying to me all morning. I got up about four, five, whatever it was. And God's been saying, I got it. I got it. And I kept throwing stuff at him. Yeah, well, what about this? You ever do that? I got it. But I don't see how you got it. I don't care if you see how I got it. I got it. I don't feel nothing. I don't care what you feel. I got it. But I've been disappointed with you in the past. That's okay. You just didn't know what you're talking about. I got it. Are you with me? I got it. I got this. If you don't get in my way, I got this. 
Got to throw that in. Okay? I'm sorry, I'm preaching. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. In other words, it's God who makes us right with Him. We don't make us right with Him. God makes us right with Him. Amen? Thank God. God, I mess up too much. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's interceding for you. When you mess up, he's there. It's okay, God. I'm going to cover that with my blood. It's okay. He's got it. He's got you. He knows there are weaknesses in your life. He knows sometimes you're just a doofus. Now, there's a theological thought to write down. That's what you could put on the t-shirt. He knows sometimes you're a doofus. All right? He knows that, guys. You know, well, I'm the only doofus in the world. No. Every person, the greatest disciples in the world, at one point or another, were doofuses. They were. It's okay. It's okay. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Go home and take a little time to think about that one this afternoon. Think about that. We worry about the silliest little things. And they put their lives out there to be killed if necessary for Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 talks about the fact that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. The word there for witness is martyr. We don't even talk about this stuff today in the church. Because we're too busy doing psychotherapy and making everybody feel good about themselves. But the bottom line is, you want to feel good about yourself? Give your life to Jesus. Be willing to die for him. All the little stuff doesn't matter no more. Amen? Amen? You know? Satan has been trying to attack me all week over this prostate thing. Who cares? I love y'all. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. But you know what? If it takes me out, I'm better off and they get some relief. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Holly was saying, why your wife never gets to, you never hear from her? Anybody wonder why we never hear from Sylvia? No. No, we don't wonder. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. This is a decision you need to make. Either God loves you or he doesn't. Okay? If he loves you, you place your life and you place everything in it in him. And he says, listen, I got it. And you just believe because he's got it. If you don't believe, you're going to be a nutch and try to help him out. Then he ain't got it. You do. That's a hard one. That's easier for me to stand up and say than do. Amen? You know, it's very difficult. Not easy at all. For I am convinced that neither life, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, 
neither present, uh, the, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor any el- uh, anything else in all creation. Nothing and no one. I threw that in. Will be able to separate us, me, you, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him does not have to perish. They do not have to live in destruction and death. Unless you choose to. Okay? And it really doesn't matter about the the, 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 where your life is really at, it's really got to do with him. It really doesn't have to do with you. I mean, if you want to see a mess, look at Jesus' life. From an earthly standard, my man wasn't successful at all. Dude didn't even have a house. Sometimes he didn't have a place to sleep. Okay? But it was okay. Because he knew his heavenly father had it. Amen? Amen? I love the one where they're, they're fine trying to find a place to sleep. They go into Peter's house. His mother or mother-in-law is sick. Who was it? Mother-in-law is sick. Dude just heals her. She gets up and starts waiting on him. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a plan. Whosoever believes it. But if you choose to believe... That he is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. You'll not perish, but you will have eternal life. Eternal life is something that we've really skewed and, and kind of flatlined and dumbed down. I honestly believe it means eternal life. Amen. You know? And, 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 and you can have eternal life when you're dying. One of the more glorious things I've seen is to, is to be with people when they're dying and they've got the greatest eternal life they've ever had in their life. They're, the only thing they're, they're, they're sorry for is they didn't live it up till then. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, if everything, all the bills are paid and everything's good and everything, I'm getting along with everybody and we're good. No, you can have eternal life in the middle of the mess. Okay, very important. I'm preaching again. For God did not send his son into the world to get us. Amen? Amen. He sent his son into the world to save us. Set us free. Set us in the right spot. Set us in safety. Set us in eternity. Take us into the kingdom. Give us love and joy and peace in the middle of the mess. Amen? Amen? So very, very, very important stuff. Such important stuff. Dear friends, let us love one another. Now they go together, don't they? You do understand that. You can't, it's just kind of a cycle type of thing, okay? Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Now, let me, let me help you with that now. There are people who make that difficult. Anybody else got a person? Huh? 
So don't sit there and say, oh, well, I must not be born again because I don't love this certain person. There are just some people, it takes a special dose of grace. Are you with me? There, there are just some that give me the heebie-jeebies when I see them. I'm, and I say that because I, I, I want to be fair. Yeah, because I don't want you to be, feel condemned through this past scripture. But I want you to know this. If you will allow God to love you in, a, in a, an extraordinary way, he will give you the ability to love them. Okay? Sometimes like forgiveness. Sometimes you could say, I need to forgive somebody. It takes a while. You know, you could say you've forgiven them, but you know whether you actually have. Amen? Anybody else? Huh? I'm preaching again. Because God is love. God is love. That's a very important point. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God. Now get this one. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Don't get it backward. See, too often we get this idea that Unless I love God right, unless I live this perfect life, somehow God doesn't love me. Praise God, that's not how it works. You know, count on that when you're a doofus. Okay? Don't let Satan say, well, you're a doofus. God doesn't love you anymore. You look at him and say, no, God's got it. God will get me straight. I'm not sitting around worrying about this stuff. Dear friend, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love, the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives and loves lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. I'm into that. I'm into that confidence on the day of judgment. I don't want to walk up to that gate with my teeth chattering. Anybody else? Huh? In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. That's a biggie, kids. Fear is the number one reason that we struggle. Fear is the number one reason that we fail. Fear is the number one reason we don't do God's will. Amen? Fear is the number one reason we're not the people God recreated us to be. And hear me, in our flesh, we fear. The first thought that comes to your mind many times is, right row. Amen? So you got to mix this in. you got to put it together. I can't put it together for you. You've got to allow God to put this together for you. Okay? you got to bring it in. you got to say, okay, God, I've got this great fear, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm praying that your love will come in and deal with that because I don't know how. 
Say amen. amen. So very important, okay? But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because, I love this part, he first loved us, okay? I love that part. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches. Now, open up your mind and heart right now. Quit worrying about your bills. Quit worrying about all the stuff that was said this morning. You ever notice everybody has a good fight on the way to church? Anybody ever had a fight on the way to church? Anybody not have a fight on the way to church? You've never had a fight on the way to church. I want your life, okay? But you hear what I'm saying? It's, it's, you know, don't get that stuff out of your head. Be open to the glory of God right now, amen? Be open to the glory of God. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, rooted and established in love, rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. I could preach on the love of God every Sunday until I croak. Okay, which could be a day or could be 20, 30 years. JC's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to put up with him for no 30 years, you know. And if, but if it was 30 years and every week I preached on love of God, I wouldn't even scratch the surface. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't even scratch the surface. You see, guys, we need to make this the center of our existence in Christ, not our performance. Amen. That you may be filled to the filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, exceedingly, abundantly more than all we ask or imagine or think according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. God is not looking for performance or perfection. He wants you to know he loves you. You see, God loves you not because of who you are or what you do or what you don't do. God loves you because that's who he is. You know, it's very difficult to understand agape or the love of God because we're around people and we're people. Do any, anybody, does anybody else struggle with, with really wanting people to do what you want and be what you want? Anybody? You know, I think we all do, you know? And sometimes it's hard to love people that aren't doing what you want them to do. Amen. <laughs> They're not saying what you want them to say. Tyrone's getting excited right now. 
Hello. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. And sometimes we, we get an idea. We start praying about circumstances or situations. How we want God to fix whatever. Or how we want God to do whatever. And we're disappointed because he doesn't do it. And so sometimes we feel like we must have done something wrong. Or maybe he really doesn't love me as much as he loves so and so. I want you to understand something. God is love. Period. It's his nature. It's his character. It's how he thinks. It's who he is. It's who he's always been. And it is who he will always be. And God is immutable. In other words, God never changes. See, this is is so difficult for us. You know, because I'm going to be honest, even growing up in the church, I kind of felt like I was taught God's love for me is according to how well I perform for him. I did, I was, I really felt that way. I don't, I don't know who it was, I don't know if it was me or whatever. We all say the right thing, oh no, that's not true. But the reality is sometimes that's how we actually think and feel. But we need to understand it's not true. And I don't know about you, but every time I have a bad thought, all the demons of all of hell jump on board and say, see, you ain't got it. You know? See? You don't get it. See, you're a big doofus. You know, it's just a, you know. And folks, it's just not true. Because he also tells me, God doesn't love you because you've messed up. And it's not true. It's not true. You say, well, you know, what about Adolf Hitler? God loved Adolf Hitler. It's hard for us to fathom loving Adolf Hitler. You know, it's hard for me to fathom God loving anybody in Washington. I'm sorry. I had to throw that in there. (laughs) It's true, but... But he does. I was thinking about this sermon, and I, I thought, how do I illustrate this? And I want you to take a minute, and I, I, I want you to think of the most important person in your world, okay? You know, some of it might be your spouse. <laughs> some of you, it might be you. That's a big statement. Might be your kids, might be your grandkids. I want you to think about them for a second. Pick one out. Just do it. I'm not. Everybody do it? Okay. Now, I want you to think about what you would do for that most important person in your world. I think the answer might be anything. I would die for them. Amen? Amen? 
You know, I'd lay down my life. I'd do anything. Man, I'd do anything to provide what they need. I'd do anything for them to have a great life. I'd do anything for their eternal good. Okay? Now, multiply or magnify your love for that most important person in your world. I was going to say times infinity, but that's hard to fathom. Just multiply it times a million. Are you, are you hearing me? Are you, is everybody listening to me? Then you're just beginning to fathom, understand the love, the agape that God has for you. You say, well, it's hard for me to believe because I've never had anybody love me that way. It's hard for everybody to believe because none of us in this world has ever had anybody love us that way. But it doesn't matter whether you understand it. It matters that you choose to believe it. And even the choosing to believe it is by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Almighty creator, king of the universe. You, you, by name, are the apple of his eye. Because he loves you. He sent the greatest possession. That's probably a bad word for it. That he ever had his son, Jesus Christ, to suffer. And he knew why it was coming. He knew what was coming down. To suffer the most excruciating uh, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, painful death in all of human history. Just because he loves you. Not because you're worthy. Not because you deserve it. Not because you whatever. I don't care how many perfect attended Sunday school pins you have. You're not worthy. None of us are. Miss Ruth's laughing because Miss Ruth remembers them Sunday school pins. Yeah, she got a 15 up. She's called a Christian spiritual nerd. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. You're not worthy. Well, I'm a good husband. I'm a good wife. I'm a good mother. I'm a good father. I'm a good grip. It doesn't matter. You're still not worthy. He loves you just because he loves you. And that's so important to understand. Here's the coolest part. He never stops loving you. You know, here's the hard part. Believing in and trusting in that love. I don't know about you, but I struggle with that. As soon as I got that phone call from the doctor this week, I was like, okay, here's what I got to do. You know, I got to make sure. 
God just sat back. Okay. And what he's revealed to me is you really have nothing to worry about. Because I got that. He created it all. He can do anything and everything that's necessary or he knows is needed for my or your or my family's best good. Anybody else struggle believing that? Be honest. Be honest. It's a struggle because we tend to want to step in and help creator God out. Do we laugh about it? But we do it. Folks, we need to love each other enough to quit letting each other off the hook there. Quit saying to each well, I understand, you know, you know, that because, because you're worrying about it, you're fearing it, you're fretting about it, really does a lot of good. No, I'm serious. Am I right or am I wrong? And we all do it. No, don't get me wrong, we all... We all, I'm not standing up here looking down at you. I, we all struggle with it. But here's my question this morning. Are you this morning willing to say, you know what, God? I got things in my life that I know I've never actually given to you. Because, God, I struggle to trust you with them. Amen. It's hard. You know, there are certain issues that I really struggle with, God. There are certain things I don't understand, God. There are certain things that I'm afraid if I don't help you out, you won't do it right. Anybody? You know what I'm saying? You know, we'd never say that out loud. Only crazy preachers say stuff like that. Okay, but isn't it true? This morning, I read all those scriptures because I I want you to understand this very important thing. God's got it all under control. God knows all about it. God knows about how you have been disappointed in the past. Amen? Amen. God knows how you have been, you have felt left down in the past. Are you with me? But you know what? He wants to take you, the apple of his eye, the love of his life. And here's the cool part about God. You're the love of his life. You're the love of his life. You're the love of his life. I don't know how he pulls that off, but it's really cool stuff. He wants to take you in his arms. And he wants to lead you to the center of his love. Are you with me? And he wants to teach you 
how when tough times come, how to stay in those arms. Amen? How to just let him love you as only he can. Amen? He wants to comfort you and say, your heavenly dad's got it all under control. Please just stay in my arms, in my care. Amen? Because the great distraction and the great struggle is to push back and say, God, you're not doing it fast enough or the way I'd like it done. Amen. Let's all stand. This may seem weird. Maybe not. We're going to sing a kid's song. And I'm going to ask you, if you make a de- made a decision this morning to place your life in the loving arms of God, I want you to come and I want you to stand right here. Or Neil, whatever you want to do. And say, God, I want to learn to live in your love. I want to learn to stay in your love. I want to learn. To remain in your arms even when things seem out of control and impossible. Welcome up here and then we're going to have a word of prayer. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Our Father, this morning, We all need your love. We all need your glory. We all need your help. We all need your healing. Bottom line is we all need to be in the center of you. Father, my prayer is, is that we will read these verses about your love over and over and over again. And we would just allow it to kind of fill us up. Fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. And bring the healing and the hope. No matter what our lives, no matter what may be happening in our lives, that we can have that hope and we can have that love and we can have that healing. No matter what. Father, we just want to praise you. We just want to thank you. We just want to give you glory. We really do. For loving us even though none of us deserves that kind of love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Amen.